Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. On today's episode, we're joined by Alana Lee. She is a Canadian entrepreneur and owner of a feng shui company called Shui Services. She has a degree in archaeology, a minor in English, and she's also a certified doula. Welcome to the show, Alana. Um, So I'm Alana Lee. I am the owner of Shui Services, which is a classical feng shui um, consulting company. Um, so I went to university at Simon Fraser in Vancouver, Canada in 2008, and um, that's where I did my archaeology and my minor in English. And during my time in university, I um, came across uh, Dow Holy House, and that is where I was initiated into the Dow and um, learn, began learning about feng shui. Um, and then after university, I left um, Vancouver to move to the island to be closer to my sister. Um, so I was Vancouver Island. And that's when I decided to do a doula certificate. Um, that was more my archaeology training kind of coming through. I wanted to learn an archaic skill. And then after I did the doula certificate, I really went back into um home organization and decluttering and then started bringing in the feng shui elements um, into it. Can you tell us about like your first professional experience with feng shui? Gosh, that would have been so long ago Um, because before I blended together mostly decluttering and organizing, I focused on that and then would bring in like little snippets of feng shui um, just because I wasn't sure if it was going to be like eagerly accepted um, just because it's such a unique um, concept. Um, However, my first real um, professional experience was I helped a woman. um, She had so many like boxes and everything um, blocking her bedroom door with her husband and her and her husband, their relationship and marriage was like falling apart. And she was super really open to receiving um, all the information that I had about feng shui. So not only did we like declutter everything, but then we also like delve deep into like her door fortunes um, and like the energy of the space. We did a lot of like clearing and smudging. Um, and then I realized that like it, it will be accepted. And so then I kind of focused more on feng shui and then allowing it to be more like decluttering as like uh as underneath the feng shui rather than the decluttering and the feng shui underneath it what do you find is in all your time doing this what do you find is like the most problematic or the most common problem that people have in their household that you see the most of when it comes to clutter i would say for sure entrances um, so coming into oh, like doorways when you're coming into your home, those are usually very cluttered spaces. Um, even sometimes a lot of people can't fully open the doors of certain rooms. They'll have things cluttered behind or furniture blocking them. 
and in feng shui, um, the doorways are like passages in life, right? So if you're going to want to move forward in different passages in your life and different life journeys, then you're going to need open pathways. Um, the next big one I find is um, clutter under the bed. A lot of people like to hoard things underneath their bed. Um, you really just want emptiness underneath your bed. If you have one of those beds that opens up, really just like filling it with like more like blankets rather than clutter. Um, and then having like beds shoved against walls um, is like a very interesting, a lot of people have that. And that really um, affects like relationship dynamics because there's not equal energy between both sides of the bed. So you're really kind of like, um, essence saying that like one individual is more dominant than the other in that energy of the bed against the wall. Um, no, that's very good tips. I really appreciate that. Um, Tammy had a question. What is your like most profound feedback that you got from a client? Um, I definitely had like a producer in Vancouver who he wouldn't move his office um, his office was in his love section and his um, bedroom and his reputation section was in was his bedroom was in a reputation section. He wasn't open to moving those rooms, which I, I suggested. However, he moved his desk. And um, so he was a prom he is a prominent director, um, film producer. And he I really convinced him to move his desk to face the door. And he said that completely revolutionized how he was organizing his entire company. Another what I get is like a lot of people feel like lighter. It's just like they just feel lighter is usually what I get as a, as like a feedback. And are you leaving them with like a roadmap? So once you've redone an entire space, you tell them the reason why behind it. And like, here's the things that you absolutely should not do again and you, you're leaving them with a roadmap for success after that? Yeah, I always give them a map. I always, we go through the, each section. So I don't know if we're gonna, we can talk about that a little bit as well. So there's different, there's nine sections of your home. Um, so then they know later on that if they're gonna be putting clutter in their Southwest, they're cluttering their love and relationship sector. Or if they're putting clutter and everything in their North, they know that that's gonna clutter their career um, and like, future like uh, prosperity in the sense of like their life path um so usually and the thing with feng shui is once you move it it's moved so a lot of times they don't really once it's moved it's moved it can stay there um and shifting the energy that way they, you don't really need to constantly come in and unless you want to do like minute minute like going super deep into like cupboards and things which i can do but a lot of times it's more like just like the aesthetically energy of the spaces the feng shui grid they have nine sections which are health wealth love career travel skills family children and reputation is there a certain order that you start in with this i do which is unique to other feng shui consultants is um i do classical feng shui so that is the all those sections are designated by cardinal directions. Um, and then I grid the space um, with the heaven sequence, which is just the breakdown of, of the yin and the yang. 
And so by gritting that, that's like a thing I learned in uh, my holy house. And that's where my Daokin training is. So when I come into a home, we don't really just focus on one section. We grit the whole home um, first. But if they obviously have more issues with one section, we'll take more time. Um, but usually it's quite fun. I try and make it more playful and um, as lighthearted as possible just because it can be such a, you know, it's it's not something easily graspable at first. So I put all the different sections in a bag and then like lay all are in little mini bags and then I shake the one big bag and then you just draw in your hand which section we're gonna do next. Um, I love that way. I usually find that they always pick the perfect section that they need to work on first. And, um, and then we just keep pulling um, each section and then we go to that cardinal direction in the home or the space and then we work on it that does sound really fun and interesting and it's a great way to get people involved other than just like oh my gosh somebody's redoing you know i have all this commotion going on in my house any kind of like construction organization moving anything like that can really be um stressful I wanted to talk about some of the elements that you're incorporating into the home um, when it comes to like water, wood, metal, and all of those things. Can you give us more information about what's the value in having those kind of properties in your house? Yeah, so there's five elements in the feng shui practice. So as you said, water, wood, fire, earth, metal. And so um, the health section, the marriage love section, skills and knowledge section are earth elements um, the career section is water the travel and the creativity children section is metal and the reputation section is fire and then we have the family and the abundance section as wood so again these are all associated with cardinal directions so let's just pick the fire one because there's only one of it um, in the house so that would be self so your reputation section that's like your fame how you want to be seen in the world or how you want to be recognized for your talents this can be like you're not receiving promotions you would want to look at yourself and so this would be is ruled by the fire element so when you first go into the south you want to first look and see what items are there and are like clutter for sure clear it out and then items are there and like what images because images have metaphors so are these images metaphorically representing the reputation you're trying to build and then you're going to look at the elements in that space so if you have a blue wall in yourself that's water energy so what you're saying to the universe is like i'm dousing all the fire that i want to build in my reputation with this blue wall so you would want to repaint that wall a fire element color. You don't have to go crazy bold with the colors in feng shui. You can go soft, like you can just do ones that have like tints of like pink in them. Um, and so that would be like an example. So then again, in the north is your career section and that's ruled by water. So you wouldn't want a red wall in your north or a bunch of like red furniture or like red pillows in a sense, because you're telling the universe, I'm like, going to evaporate all the water, the fluidity of my life purpose and the flow of clients and the flow of my career. That's what you're ultimately telling the universe. So then that's where the elements can come in and play. And so you look at each cardinal direction 
the section and then what element is associated with it and how that element is being supported. How do you translate this to regular Joe Schmo people like myself? That's a great question. Um, I used to before try to like do what you said, like explain feng shui or try to advertise it in a sense. But now with my last like year, year and a half, I've really realized when people want feng shui, they want feng shui. Um, so they'll find it. Feng, you will only feng shui when it's time to feng shui, when you're ready to feng shui. So you can't really force someone to be ready because ultimately what you're doing is you're shifting um, karma. You're literally telling the universe, I'm going to completely take responsibility for these aspects of my life. Um, and so I find now I just have people who are interested in feng shui coming to me or they find me that way or they're following me on social media and then that's how they'll reach out. Um, sometimes what's as funny is I'll have people following me for a long time. They don't really comment on anything or, um, I don't even really know that they're following me. And then all of a sudden they really want feng shui for me. Um, so they, sometimes I find that my clients are kind of hidden. <laughs> they're not really like right in my face until they're ready. And then they're right in my face. And usually I find when they want the feng shui, they want it like, and me, they need it. Like it's like, I just need it right now. So essentially they're hidden in the clutter on social media. <laughs> it's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Alana, what is the biggest misconception about feng shui that you've run into? For me, it would just be the difference between classical and BTB feng shui because I don't practice BTB feng shui. I do classical. So a lot of times people who come, the misconception is, the way they grid the home. So um, classical feng shui, as since I'm an archaeologist I, and I'm a Daokin, I went super into the archaic concepts of feng shui. So the ones that are like three to 5,000 years old, whereas BTB just came out in the 80s. And it's more like saying like your front door is north always. Whereas if in my house, if I laid it like that, then I would have my career section and my fire section. Whereas with classical feng shui, it's always based on carnal directions. Um, so that's the biggest misconception I have with my company is a lot of times I'll have clients who are, you know, they've, they've researched a little bit about feng shui and they've gridded their home and then they'll be like, oh, I have an issue with this section or I'm missing, like my house cuts out and I'm missing the love section. And I'm like, oh, actually you're missing the well section. Um, that's kind of like the biggest um, misconception I personally have. Um, I'm trying to think of like another one, but that's all that's coming to my mind right now. And just to clarify for our listeners, BTB feng shui stands for what? It's like black, oh, black tortoise school tantric feng shui. That's such great info, Alana. Thank you so much. Um, I had a question on some of your top tips for getting started on feng shui. Um, some of like the biggest tips that I get asked are regarding like love and relationships and like finances. Um, so a couple tips for starting feng shui and how it can assist you in like your love life is to, you know, stand in the center of your space in your house, 
if you live in a room or like, you know, you're only, you live with roommates and you live alone in one room, you just stand in the middle of your bedroom and then you find Southwest. And so you just find, take out your compass, point to Southwest, that is love. Um, so you really want to look at what you have pairs there. Um, so love section is the number two, so it can be anything with pairs and you want to make sure that your pairs are the same size to ensure like a balance between the two. And, um, you know, feng shui isn't going to like snap your fingers and bring you a love. It could if you're ready energetically for it. And but ultimately it's for yourself. Feng shui is always to better your self-development first. Um, so if you're going to be going in it with kind of, in a sense, greedy kind of intentions, um, the feng shui will play with you. The, so you want to, it's going to be balancing the yin and the yang within yourself, and then it'll bring you that match. Um, so you're already on like the self-development path, working on your self-love. That person may come like in a blink of an eye, but if you haven't been, that feng shui will really push you to go on that path of self-love and balancing yourself. Um, and then for finances, a big nice tip um, to getting started. And just to like, these are just to like kind of understand like a little bit of the energy that you're working with, with feng shui, um, would be looking, standing in the center of your space and then looking to the east and southeast. Now that is your family section and your abundance section. Now, a lot of people think money is abundance section, but that's more like, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a car. I want to go on a massive trip. But money, daily finances, paying your bills, and all of that energy is your family section. So you're going to look at those, um, those directions, see what items you have there. Do you have family photos in the East? Definitely recommend putting some family photos in the East. Um, a lot of plants, those that, because the Southeast and the East are wood element. So you can literally put in as many plants as you want. And that's going to be like money does grow on trees in the feng shui world. Um, and so those you can just kind of play with um, those two little sections just to see if, you know, you and feng shui vibe, if you like it, um, because the energies can be quite dramatic. Um, um, the results and the things coming at you can be quite swift and fast. Okay, awesome. And that's great advice is to always be reminding people to focus on yourself and to really be on that good path. I wanted to ask about, does the outdoor area of your house play into feng shui as well? That's a great question. It does. It really does. Even the buildings around you can play into your feng shui. Um, so what I do is, especially when I'm doing like property blueprints and like architecture designs, you can grid the map, cardinal directions in the home, and then you just do it to the property line. So if you're going to be southeast um, in my space is like my bathroom, but in the whole, like I'm in a suite, so in the whole house as a whole, it's the garage. So I wanted to make sure that I have a very organized garage, even though it's communal, it's definitely something that I always, I spend a lot of time working on because as a whole, and then outside of that, the garden bed, I clear out. And actually funny enough, I found a feng shui coin 
in the garden bed and the owner doesn't know how it got there but i like dug out the entire bed uh two years ago because it was totally overgrown and then found the coin <laughs> it's like a big one it was really funny so it's just sitting there now but i'm like definitely was supposed to be moved to this space um and then in regards to so you want to make sure that your outer perimeter is like you're taking care of it <clears throat> and then in regards to like outside your perimeter of your space and your outdoor area is your neighbors so I have neighbors on my east side who you know they don't really care too much about their space so I actually have mirrors directing their energy back at them so you can like put a mirror outside facing that home and then that energy is just going to go right back to them so you're not like soaking in that energy that's a great tip Alana talking about feng shui and this older spiritual guidance that's compassing people's lives and you talk about yang and yang and karma and things like that i know that that can typically go against someone's religion and so i was wondering have you run into issues like that where you've started or how do you incorporate that into feng shuiing someone's life that's an amazing question um, first, I would say that feng shui doesn't compete with anyone's spiritual and religious um, beliefs. It can actually support your religious beliefs, um, and it can actually help you have a deeper connection with your faith. So for one instance, my, um, my landlord in the main house, they have um, some um, statues of Jesus being crucified on the cross. And he has two of them and they were both in the love section. And he was having such difficult with his relationships. They would always just kind of like, in a sense, die very quickly. And so I said, why don't we move your the Jesus from the love section and move him into your helpful people and travel section? So then what we're doing is we're even like encouraging more of like a spiritual relationship with your faith in that regard and so i always recommend like even if people like buddhas like their little statues putting them maybe more in the helpful people and travel so that would be your northwest so like you know you can have like a little altar for your faith and having that in your northwest can actually help amplify the energy of your of that spiritual practice um so it doesn't compete um, feng shui is a philosophy, you know, it, the chi and the yin and the yang, I think even people of all faiths, in a sense, can relate to the yin and the yang. It's just like the balance of ma like masculine and feminine energy or ma um, or like in a sense, good and evil in the Bible, you know, you, you do need to have both to be able to see the balance. You can't see the good if you don't have the bad, um, you can't see the bad without the good. Um, so really, it's more just like, like the energy, it's just energy. Um, you know, we're all made of energy, atoms are energy. So it's just like utilizing that each item has an energy. And so like by placing it in the any like religious items, we can amplify their energy 
by putting them in the fun, uh, the helpful people and travel section. I was very curious about that. Um, as I'm on my own spiritual journey, I want to make sure that I'm not doing anything that's going against what I'm learning uh, on my own spiritual path. So thank you so much for answering that question for me. Appreciate you. No problem. And in my Tao world as a Tao kin, they, they love Jesus um, and they love reading the Bible. Um, actually, if you go in china um the the death like the word god is actually sometimes translated as Tao, so it's just like it's like translations too so um the feng shui world and like where like the community that i'm part of um like the christian faith is really supported in that yeah and some say that like those few years that jesus was not recorded in the bible that he like traveled east there's some like some people like archaeological people who say that that's like he traveled over to the east and that's like where he lent he met like those of the Tao, and then that's like where they built a little relationship because like in my holy house there is jesus on in one of the altars they have a picture of jesus so we thank you so much for coming on today alana and we just want to know if you'd like our listeners to know anything else about you or where to find you you can find me on Instagram at, at Shui Services. Um, that's the only social media that I'm doing right now. I just like to keep it simple. Um, and just personally for me, um, I, my slogan is Shui your shit. So if you're ever kind of like stuck and you don't know what to do, just Shui your shit. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being here and so much for your time today. And we look forward to having you on our Telegram chat. If you guys want to find Alana, you can also check out her website, www.shwayservices.com. The Truth Train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform, Telegram, for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there. Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.